Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. All right, time to uh, talk to the man, the myth, the legend. Radio voice on 93.7 The Ticket in Lincoln. Uh, personality on on3.com. Whether it be video or online, it is Steve Sipple. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Uh, very serious tone. Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> well, I got to I got think. Uh, I'm a, this could be a little rocky. Why? Uh, Cell phone outage? Until I, to, until I get to my truck, I'm walking oh. down an alley. Oh, hey, be careful because you live in crime town. <laughs> <laughs> Do I? Um, and I, yes, (laughs) I, um, I'm, uh, until I get to my truck. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Just give us a little idea. What's, uh, anything in the alley, any, uh, any, uh, uh, seedy characters or anything, any animals? Uh, no, just, um, pretty routine brick alley. Um, you know where the dish, you know where the theater is downtown Lincoln? Yes. And the dish. Okay, I know where you, I yeah. know exactly where you're at. So, kind of in that area, uh, we just had our good friend Sarah Baker Hansen on, and she does a food bracket every year this time of the year, and she has done pizza, burgers, craft beer. She is doing wings this year. She will have a Lincoln regional and an Omaha regional, according to you. Uh, and I don't know because back in the day, you used to be a wing guy. Um, I am. Uh, best wings in Lincoln are. Well, I mean, I, I, this is no exaggeration. Uh, myself and at least one grandkid and sometimes two, we've gone to Buffalo Wings and Rings probably in the last five years. I would estimate 600 times. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> 600. And that's probably... Pretty good. If, if I'm going over five, five years, it's probably not an exaggeration. Um <laughs> So I'm going with Buffalo Wings and Rings, and I do love their habanero. I just get—I walk in and they just—they give me this. They just they don't even take my order anymore. I get a salad with habanero wings. You get the sip. <laughs> yeah, that needs to be a menu item. You know what, Buffalo Wings and Rings—that's—that's that's another good one. Again, a lot of meat on that bone too. They give you—they give you a good yeah. a good size. They're You're big right. wing. Yeah, they're big wing. They're big, and they're excellent. Mm-hmm. And the service is incredible. So I would. Uh, I'm always an advocate of Buffalo Wings and Rings. Okay. Have you done any endorsements for them? I feel like uh, that's that's just a I don't natural think they fit. Let me. Yeah, they treat they, they treat us incredibly well. Okay. But six hundred six hundred times. I don't I don't know exactly, but no like way. if we're not there for a two week period, it gets. <laughs> Do they call you? Know, you? Yeah, they get worried. They DM no, you. One time, send me a card. They sent me a card <laughs> to wonder where you're at. That sort of thing. They do yeah. a welfare check on you. <laughs> no, they no welfare check. Anyway. They send you a card. Hey, just thinking about you today. Hey, uh, so last night Nebraska wins against Indiana, and they changed the conversation. So now it's on to what else do they have to do to make sure that they're inside of the field of uh, sixty-eight? What do you think if if Mast and Lawrence and Tomanaga and they get Wiltshire back to playing and shooting like he he was during the run about three weeks ago? If they get 
everybody going at the same time on the same day of a game. What do you think the ceiling is for this Nebraska basketball team? Really high. I mean, it's really high. I mean, you see it. You can. It's. I've been saying it now for a couple of weeks. They're they're really dangerous. That doesn't. When I say they're really dangerous, it doesn't mean that they're without flaws and that they can't stumble. But they're they are really dangerous. And I believe in this college basketball season where there's no dominance. I just don't see. I watched UConn the other night, and I'm not in any way diminishing Creighton's win. It was a it was a great night. Uh, anytime you beat number one, it's it's a very significant moment. Um, but UConn's not. I mean, they're not a dominant team. Uh, they don't look that way to me at all. So Nebraska is scary, and it's even more scary in a season like this. They've already beat a number one team. They, they can do that. Um, so I just keep saying they're dangerous, they're scary, kind of for the reason, same reason you're saying it. But you could have taken rink mass off out of the game yesterday and they still would have won. Yeah. Um, he, he had two points, I think, in that game, maybe four. Um, didn't, didn't hardly do anything, didn't need to do anything because they're going that well right now. Dangerous because and when I when I say that it's because of what I've said really since the start of the season they have multi they have they're really they have guys that can shoot it and that it sounds very simple but how many teams do you know that just have guys that can't shoot they, they, they coaches recruit guys that can't shoot it's one of the strangest things I've ever seen in the world like <laughs> in Nebraska has recruited guys that can all shoot it. And Sip, and this is always a kind of a Nebraska athletics conversation that we have when it comes to the, the mental psyche of the team. They overcome a moment last night where we all thought, oh God, here we go again at 59-56, they respond. And so when you're able to have that tighten up the way it did, but still be able to not only get that first road victory in conference play, but do it in that way where it could have went the other way very quickly does that also kind of add to what you're talking about of, all right, that, that makes maybe a team a little bit more dangerous because now they can they kind of breathe that sigh of relief and now they know that, okay, that's that's what you have to do. Yeah, I, I, and I haven't seen the post-game comments. I, it's, it's interesting when we have these conversations. I do think they needed to get the monkey off their back. Do, did they breathe? I mean, were they scared? I don't know. I, I was Casey Tomanaga thinking about it when Indiana made its second half run was, mm-hmm. was Bryce Williams thinking about it? Were they thinking about, I don't know if they really think about it. I don't know. I'm not, mm-hmm. sometimes I give athletes more credit than I give us, you know, that we, we have a monkey on our back. Right. It seems like do they? I don't know. I mean, they, I thought they played Nick. I thought they played really well against Illinois on the road. It, it, really against Illinois. I was, I was of the mind that I don't know if this is a, a big mental hurdle that we keep talking about. They they looked fine against Illinois. They should have won the game, and I don't think it was a mental hurdle that kept them from get, getting over the top against Illinois. They just didn't make shots down the stretch in mm-hmm. Illinois. Well, they did. They, they did. They did everything they pretty much needed to do and didn't win. So I wasn't at that point. I was kind of like, oh, I think they're all right. And now some of this is also the fact that Indiana's just. Indiana had a – I knew Indiana would make a charge because that's what happens usually. Um, but I didn't think Indiana was 
good playing well enough to get over the top. So really nothing about it surprised me. Hey, let's talk some football. Um, you guys at uh, Husker Online did the thing at uh, what St. Michael's last week. Uh, and and it was a really, really good event, and coaches were, you know, you ask a good question, you get a good response. But there was one name that came up that what are you hearing, because he's changed positions, and, and what are you hearing and what do you think of Jeremiah Charles and his future of playing a lot of football in 24? Just among the, and I wasn't there, full disclosure, I was not yeah. there at the event. So I don't know exactly what was said about Jeremiah Charles. I just know that Matt Rule has referenced him. He's in a group of guys that gets referenced, young guys that are that have made an impression in a kind of behind-the-scenes way because we haven't actually seen him on Saturdays. So he's in a group of those guys that big-time speed, um, I don't like to say too much because I haven't seen. I don't know. I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm dealing with there. Um, but there's a there's a there's a there's a group of guys that kind of um, it'll be intriguing. It's part of the intrigue of that's why I'm looking forward to the spring. Not only because of guys like Jeremiah Charles, but because of all these trans you know the transfers that are coming in, the early enrollees, and then guys like Jeremiah Charles that we haven't seen because they. They, they didn't play last year for whatever reason, or they played very sparingly. Well, they moved so positions. there's a lot of new new blood and new energy that's gonna that'll materialize this spring. If I want to ask you also, and Matt Rule has kind of done some national conversations and some local conversations. We've been getting into this a lot this week when it comes to scheduling, and where yeah. now the Big Ten, with what we know it will be. What were what were your thoughts on kind of his overall scheduling philosophy? Where he, you know, to, for lack of a, a better term, would like to maybe take it a little bit more easy when it comes to the non-conference side of it, and really, you know, kind of focus on that strength of what this conference will now have. Yeah, his he was talking and thinking strategically um, as it relates, you know, to the college football playoff. It, what he says makes a lot of sense it's just interesting that he said it. Mm-hmm. you know i mean some coaches would would think that and not necessarily verbalize it uh matt rule is as we all know he's very transparent just about everything i mean you know he's he's more transparent than these sort of matters and i think i mean right my mike riley was really transparent like that too where he yeah. would just pretty much tell you what was on his mind and how he was thinking about something like, what am I talking about? Like when rule talks about certain players, remember how we are kind of surprised. He was talking about the running backs fumbling issue last August, right? We were kind of like, wow, we we haven't heard that here. Um, And the scheduling matter kind of falls under that. Now I, I fundamentally agree with him because the big, because of the big 10 and the way it, evolved and how tough the Big Ten schedule is. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, I think it just boils down to this. You don't want to take his line of thinking too far. You don't want to make it ridiculously easy. But on the other hand, we did see Michigan with a ridiculously easy non-conference you know, push to the national championship. And nobody said it really didn't yeah. think too much about it. I mean, it wasn't it, you know, nobody was downgrading them. So 
I, I totally understand it. I've always been, I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I've always been sort of that way. I don't, I've never, now when Nebraska was really rolling, it, it may, yeah, it definitely made some sense to, to play a really strong non-conference team and have fun and you didn't worry about it too much because Nebraska was so good. But especially now with the decline, it, yeah, you know, if you get beat up on a Saturday, it, it could affect you for two more or three more Saturdays. Do you think how much of an so? Two questions here. One, the first one: Do we know Trev's scheduling philosophy? Because no. rule, rules looking at it from the on-field, Trev's also cognizant of the on-field, but he also has to be well aware of butts and seats, especially <laughs> when you're about to undertake over the next three, three, four years what Nebraska is going to do. And then banking on the program will be in a good spot where you won't have to worry about asking people to come back. Do we know what Trev's scheduling philosophy is? No, no. And it, it, what's partly interesting about this is now, okay, Trev. If you know, you know, in my role, I'd kind of like to know: Are, are you going to play Tennessee down the line because mm-hmm. they're on the schedule down the line? Are you going to play? Oklahoma down the line. I think that's 28, 2028, 29. Um, are you gonna, are you going to keep them on? You know, Cincinnati's upcoming. Arizona's upcoming. Are those staying on the schedule? Now, if you're Trev Albert, do you want to answer that question? You know, I mean, do you want to say no? We're yeah. we're we're uh, we're going to be trying to get out. Yeah. You, you know, you know. We went thinking. through this before. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. It's a tricky thing for an AD to tell the fan base that you know, we're trying to remove. If that's the case, which I don't know, uh, but but rules rules comments sort of beg the question, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to keep those Power Five games. Um, and to your point, I, I don't. It's such a subjective conversation with people. Some I think some people would. They're just happy to be over at the stadium seeing a game on a fall Saturday, Gary. There's others that would say, "Well, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to watch Furman. I'm not going to do that. I'll do something yeah. else that day." It's just, but it, but it just depends who you're talking to. Well, and I think it's also the age. I think this is a, a, a you know, depending on your age, yeah. that kind of conversation. Where, hey, man, I just I only get eight Saturdays. I'm going to go, and then maybe a different fan and maybe a younger fan is like. Yeah, you know what? My return on investment hasn't been great. I'll wait and see, but I'm not going to pay to come watch Fordham play. Come on, right? No, it's, that's why I don't like to throw a blanket over it. I, when it when it just about with any subject when it comes to fans, you know, I just don't. It just depends. Sometimes it just yeah. depends who you're talking to, what age, what kind of mood they're in. Sometimes I mean, it's just, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, yeah. I don't know how people would react to it if if you pulled those games. The schedule lightened up considerably. Who would it bother? And who who wouldn't it bother? It's hard to say. Yeah. So on on those lines, and man, we love college football. College football in season is great. College football out of season is an absolute mess. And Thank this you. week has been about playoff. So yeah. listening to rules comments about scheduling, seeing what the Big Ten and the SEC are after, we we thought we'd have twelve. Now we might have fourteen. Who knows what's going on? But how do you think this the the expanded college football playoff when you are in one of the big two is changing or forming how rule looks at the big picture of where Nebraska is fitting in the landscape of this sport? 
Well, I mean, I, I don't know exactly where you're going with that question. I, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. It's hard to get in his mind on that. I think that your objective, obviously, as the leader of Nebraska's program, is to get your team in the playoff. Right? That's yep. what it is. Right? To give your position, your put your team in position to win a the cha- championship. And I think that's where he's coming from in the schedule. It's, it's purely where he's coming from in the scheduling talk, I think, is that we can still get there, and why make it – it's this simple. You read the same thing I read from Tom Chattel. Why make it tougher than it has to be? Yeah. Um, now, there, you can answer that question, though. You, there is a why. You, you, you alluded to it. Because fans have to pay a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, and they want to be entertained. And it's hard get it's harder than ever to get them to that stadium. A lot of them, so that there's a why. There is a why, actually, but it but that's not doesn't it boil down to this? That's not the head coach's issue. That's the AD's issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, they they're not they don't have the same job. Matt Rule's job isn't to concern himself with the business side necessarily. It's to win. Right. And get his, and get himself in position to play for a championship. The AD is the businessman. Um, he has to worry about that other element. Yeah, and then there's the element of the AD has also played the game. So there's that there's the unique mm-hmm. vantage point that Trev has has that not a lot of fellow athletic directors have. Yeah, and, um, and Trev probably like a lot of his peers that have played at Nebraska has an old school bent. And that is what we'll take on all comers. Yep. Well, I don't care who it is. Now, that's not what you're hearing from Matt Rule. You're not hearing that anymore. That's a jolt to some Nebraska fans. Wait a second. We used to be, we'll take on anybody. Yeah. Well, it's just kind of another sign of where it, what it's, where we've, yeah. we're different now. It's, yeah. it's dropped off. You're not that program anymore. Maybe you'll get there. And at that point, if you're there, you know, if you're if you become a consistent top ten, top five team again, rule might answer that question differently. I uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Sip. As always, I appreciate it. Glad you made it safely through the alley. <laughs> Take, care. Take care. See you, so, Sip. Steve Sipple. Uh, you know, this is we now on the fourth day of talking about this, yeah. and yeah. I mean, it's important to people. There's nothing wrong with Nebraska's scheduling philosophy. You play. A program game where you got to buy a program from the guy that sells outside of uh, uh, West Stadium, and he's been doing it for almost 50 years, uh, and I, his name escapes me right now, but he's got the programs in the cart. You walk by him. That's that. You play one of those games. Yep. You play the Paper Tiger, and then you play a team that is noteworthy. Nebraska's been doing that forever. There's nothing wrong with that formula. Right. And I, I believe that that formula will continue. I, I just I, I think it will. There's It gives you... It gives you one challenging game, and then it gives you two games where your head's probably going to be above water, and you're going to be a significant favorite. Nebraska's been doing that for years. There's no there's no reason to change it, and I don't think it's going to change. Now, the Cincinnati game isn't going to come off the books because they had to work to get that game right. moved to Indianapolis. So yeah. that game's not coming off the books. I don't think all of a sudden you're going to start erasing the Tennessee series in those. You might not add to them, add any juicy yeah. ones down the road, but the one 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 has worked forever around Nebraska, and I don't know why it would need to change. And I still don't think it's going to be like, well, we got to blow that up. Right. It's not all of a sudden you're going to be littered with FCS teams and group of five teams. The the 
the part that you bring up about the fans' reaction, especially with the the, the stadium uh, having the renovation, and so you have that uncertainty there, and you want to come back and feel like, okay, your return on investment is going to be seeing some good home games. I am curious, too, because I, I, I remember this back in like the 90s when you would get the, the occasional Pacific game, but I mean, at least that that was accompanied by, like you said, you'd get the, you got to pull out the program type game, but you would get like a UCLA or you would get a Texas Tech in there as well. I don't remember a lot of backlash or a lot of people complaining that, okay, you got to play Pacific or you got to play like a North Texas because I think, A, you had some other home venue or home uh, events with reputable teams, but also you're winning. Yeah. Like I just yeah, that's, I, a big, I, that's a big point. If you're winning right I, now, if you're this winning, isn't a discussion. Exactly. I, I think you I think you're okay with what the program decides to do. And I think in return to Matt Rule is looking at a formula that, hey, we're winning with this formula. Why would we want to change it? There's no need to. So I, I do think the fact that you have not had that type of success and some of those losses have come in conference play. I understand where his his thinking is. But I think it becomes a moot point once you're getting to the eight nine wins, and then you're you're kind of going off of how that scheduling model is. You just you stick to it going forward because it's a. I think it's a fair model. It's better than what Michigan does. It's better than what some schools do. But it's when you start winning in the conference, and you know Nebraska's yet to do that on a consistent basis. See, they're in about a three year window to make it pop mm-hmm. because of of your fan base. Yeah, you're going to downsize your stadium. You're going to make it nicer. Yep. But you're going to kick some people out for a couple of years. And there's no guarantee that they're going to come back. You can't just say, hey, GBR. They're going to be like, hmm. Especially if they'd be coming back to a product that looks exactly the same. Right, exactly. So you got about a three-year window to really make it pop. So it's a you have to make Nebraska football a priority again. Yep. If I don't care if they're playing Jimmy's you know, Pop Warner team. You have to make good, you have to make Nebraska football on a Saturday a priority for fans that they're there to watch Nebraska and mm. and and the and the opponent is really not a discussion right. point. They're coming to watch Nebraska play. They just happen to play Pacific. They happen to be playing Washington State. Oh look, Arizona State's coming yeah. in here. Yeah. So yeah. you got about three year window to make this they make this pop for on the field and then off the field. So you keep your fans that are getting displaced, mm-hmm. and maybe you welcome someone in that go, you know what, I haven't gone to Memorial Stadium a long time because, God, it's uncomfortable. Now I want to check this out. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, 58 uh, past the hour. Brian Edwards coming up in the uh, uh, next hour. We will talk about the college football playoff and whatever is going on. And ask, your, ask yourself this. <laughs> so the SEC and the Big Ten that is handling all the revenue, and they've got the biggest voices and the most powerful man in athletics, Craig Sankey, is running the SEC. What's best for both of those conferences right now? What's best? Because they made some noise yesterday, and the next thing you know, we could go to 14 as long as eight of them belong to mm-hmm. the SEC yeah. and the Big Ten. Yep. We'll get into that in the last hour. The mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 